Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. This week, I catch up with Sandra and Andrew, aka Sandrew, who are two Melbourne-based art collectors who have been uh, collecting a lot of street art globally and also um, really helping out the Melbourne art scene. Uh, enjoy. Should I just call you Sandrew? Is that... Sure. We're known as Sandrew. Yeah. Obviously a combination of Andrew and Sandra, or Sandra and Andrew, uh, and that first came about um, when we did our Young and Free show in San Francisco in 2011, and we think it was uh, Lister who came up with it because we would constantly have meetings with the artists, and the word would go out, we've got a meeting with Sandra and Andrew, and Sandra and Andrew, and then that very quickly turned into Sandra. Is that your memory of it? Yep. It was Vixer and uh, it was definitely Vixer and Lister together. And then they started writing it over everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then it was official. Once it was written on a wall in San Francisco, I think it became official. Yeah. And, what, and what's your, your background? Like from, uh, you know, before you started collecting street art and everything, like what's your, your professional backgrounds? Uh, we had a fashion business for 33 years. Oh, yeah. um, and we were importing um, importing fashion accessories, and but dealing very much with um, like youth youth culture. So it was all, for example, we used to be sports girls' biggest um, supplier of um, of fashion accessories. So um, we were always dealing with. Um, we've actually always been dealing with people a lot younger than ourselves, haven't we done? Not hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard. Yeah. So I used to do the. Um, yeah, Andrew used to do more of the financial sort of side of the business and I used to do the um, um, the creative sort of side of the business. And, yeah, so we've actually been Sandro, um, which only more recently, in 2011, was, um, was born. But we've actually been working side by side since, uh, like, 1980. Jeez. Yeah, probably before you were born, maybe? No. No, not quite. <laughs> before a lot of people were yeah. born. Yeah, we probably met before you were born because we've been together for a long time before that. Yeah, I'm, I'm from the 70s. You're from the 70s? Yeah. 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 What when were they? Yeah. <laughs> if you remember them, you weren't there, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so you guys you know, collected art before you started collecting street art. What, what got you into collecting art in the first place? Were you always interested in it and it's, it was a hobby and you... I've always been really interested in art, and my mother was a um, uh, was a amateur artist, mm-hmm. and I think I got her love, sort of inherited somehow her love of art. And uh, when I met Sandra, we very soon worked out that we we're both interested in art, and we sort of stumbled into it. And we've been collecting um, art for twenty five years or more. And we were really attracted at the time to the Australian modernists, so the Sydney Knowles, uh, Albert Tucker's, um, Joy Hester. And before that, I grew up in Bo Morris, and um, I discovered um, uh, Clarice Beckett, and I love her paintings. And so many of her scenes, she was based in. Uh, in Bo Morris, and so many of the scenes I remember from my childhood um, of photos of across the bay and Ricketts Point and all that sort of thing. And then we just sort of, we just went down that rabbit hole of collecting and yeah, it just went from there. Do you find it got addictive? It's like collecting anything, isn't it? Like you, 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 once you've got a few things you want to just grow the collection and... Yeah, Andrew's got a very addictive uh, personality, I think. Uh, I just have another few. Andrew doesn't do anything by house. It's, uh, yeah. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, so, you know, and we, we just, we also, we also we used to travel a lot in the business, mm-hmm. um, in the fashion business. We used to be, you know, overseas at least four times a year. And we had really good friends living in London who were Australian. And they started collecting art, Australian art in London. And when we used to go and stay with them, I was always really embarrassed because, um, in actual fact, it was my girlfriend is Australian. She married an English guy, and um, and like he knew more about Australian art than I did. And um, 
So I thought, you know, and I was just every time I went there, I'd learn more, and they were really into it. And uh, so then I'd come home, and then found out that you know Andrew knew, uh, you know Andrew had grown up in a much more sort of arty sort of type household than what I had. And um, yeah, so just it, it became addictive. And we also really loved the, uh, you know, we loved the history behind it. We loved the people, and I think that we really, you know really seriously enjoyed that sort of Joy Hester, Sydney Nolan, you know, um, Albert, Tucker. Albert Tucker, you know, all of the, the Heidi artists. And uh, I think that we really enjoyed learning about their personalities. And I think that, you know, they were the rebels of their time. Um, and they were the ones that were doing, you know, I've got absolutely no doubt that, you know, sort of, well, in actual fact, um, Sydney Nolan did bring up a spray spray can later on in his career, and he painted with um, aerosol quite a lot. He's yeah. got a series of paintings, but I'm sure that you know they would have been serious graffiti artists of their days if they were just born in a different era. Yeah, and um, and what got you into the street art? Like, uh, what made you change from what you were collecting to to suckling? Well, art? that happened uh, one day in 2008 or 2009. Um, Sandra and I were in the Urban Outfitters store in Covent Garden in London and Sandra was doing some business and I was just kind of hanging around and I knew that Urban Outfitters always uh, has a, an interesting table of books and so I walked over there and there were two books that immediately grabbed my attention and there was a Banksy book and there was the Black Lorac book. And I don't know which one I picked up first, but at that point in time, my life changed, and then subsequently Sandra's life changed. So I can absolutely pinpoint it down to that to that particular incident. So I bought the books. We went off uh, doing our business that night. When we got back to the hotel, I was looking through the books and. Sandra said, well, you know, what are you laughing about? I said, just have a look at this. And then Sandra started looking at the books and that was it. That was the Banksy book. Yeah. Thought, you know, just, I'd never seen such humour in art before. Um, and it was, uh, you know, the, I mean, so the guy was just really, really funny. And also really, really clever. Yeah. And um, in just simplicity and just getting the message across. I mean, so you could just look at an image and just get it immediately or, you know. Maybe we didn't get it, but we thought we got it anyway, so that made us feel good. And, um, yeah, and so we were in London, and so that sort of really, yeah, the business went downhill from that, didn't it, probably? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were going from London to New York and um, on that same trip, and uh, then we sort of went to a couple of galleries in New York to, and, you know, went looking around because New York was pretty big at that time. And, um, and But then everyone we sort of spoke to said, oh, gee, you're so lucky you're from Melbourne, though. You know, it's huge in Melbourne. You know, street art's just amazing. And we're going, yeah, yeah, right, 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 you know. Hmm. And then we'd look at each other and think, really? <laughs> like, really? Um, you know, and one of the, you know, one of the banes of our lives is that we were sort of so long to pick it up and it was right under our noses from, you know, from yeah. the beginning and all the, the glory years. Um, but anyway, that's just the way it is. But you can say that about anything, because I, I thought that when, when I first got into painting graffiti, like that was in the, the early to mid-90s, and I thought I was late to the game, and then I speak to people like, like Puzzle, who were you know, a couple of yeah. generations before, and he said, yeah, I felt like I was late to the game, because yeah. everyone else was starting in 85 or whatever, and he came up you know, later yeah. on. And you always feel late, but I guess the universe puts you at that place at that time, and that's when you start doing it, you've got to accept that that's the way it is, and... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the worst things is that we were in New York, you know, or, yeah. well, I was, I was a Maya buyer before we started our business. And, um, and I, you know, I was in New York in the, um, uh, in, in the 70s, mm. you know, and I can remember getting into the trains mm. and just thinking they were disgusting, you know, like I was just, they were awful, they were dirty, they were, yeah. you know, there was all this stuff all over them. I didn't even know really what graffiti was. And, you know, and instead of being spending my time in Bloomingdale's, I could have been, you know, down in Keith Haring's shop or, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, hanging around in, you know, Washington Square with Basquiat or something, you know. Yeah. And it was all there. And um, you just, you know, you just hadn't opened, you know, your mind just hadn't recognised it at that point. But mm. anyway, we're there now. 
So when you uh, when you started collecting street art, you you've built a lot of relationships with the artists that you collect. Would you get, do you find that uh, the the scene was accepting of you at first, or did you have to work to no. work your way into the scene? No, I, um, well Sandra was probably when we got back. Uh, Sandra was uh, we were both paying a heck of a lot more attention to um, to street art and graffiti than we'd ever done before. I remember when. Years before that, I used to uh, travel on the train every now and then. You come up on the Frankston line, and there's not a, one part of the fences along that whole. I used to get on at uh, uh, Mentone or Cheltenham, and all the way to the city, just every inch of those walls were just covered with graffiti. And I, I, I remember I thought it was a lot of it was so humorous, and it was, but I didn't really pay that much attention to it. Um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, when did we? You were going to say when? I think we were, when we got Melbourne, back to Melbourne. How did we? Oh yes, um, Sandra started stalking Rowan. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, <laughs> I started stalking Rowan big time. Yeah, yeah. I guess he, he's a uh, he's a pretty easygoing guy. You're not. Um, he's not going to. You know, well, in those free. days, he was exceptionally shy. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and I found him at a um, semi-permanent. Um, paint up and it was just about all the Everfresh guys guys at the time and they were painting um, up on the top floor of the um, post office building in Elizabeth Street and uh, I remember walking around there and I knew that Ron was on the, I'd seen somewhere a flyer and I knew his name was on it so I remember going up there and walking around everyone was painting and you know now and I remember looking and saying don't like that, don't like that, don't like that, don't like that and of course it was a wrecker and and um, fibs and beastmen and you know I'm going no 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 and then I saw Roan and then I thought oh that's what I really like and I still remember what he was doing he was had a great big board and he was pasting up all of these um, he was running late and I watched him open his bag and in his bag he had maybe about thirty or forty posters of um, this the side angle of a girl with a blue face just very simple. And um, he'd been and had them all photocopied at the, that's where he'd been sort of, every, and he was doing paste-ups, of course, at that yeah. time only. And he just had this big board and he just, it was repetition just of all of these um, um, silhouettes of this, the side silhouette of, of this girl going on. And I thought, oh, you know, I wonder if I can talk to him. And of course, and he had his hat down and his hair and yeah. collar up and wasn't interested in talking to anyone. And, um, and I thought I, I really had to talk myself into it, saying, "Don't you know? Don't be intimidated. You can talk to him. Just go up and talk to him. Go up and talk to him." So I took a big deep breath and I went up and I said, "Oh, um, excuse me, are you Roan?" And he just sort of well looked at me and he thought, "Oh, who are you? Like you know?" So who wants to know? And I said, "Oh no, I'm just really interested in your art and I really love it and everything." And so he had a bit of a chat, very reluctant, and he tried to get rid of me by telling me that if I went over the road to Utra, there was a book launch and it was the um, it was the same weekend that they were having the Everfresh book launch. Oh yeah. And if I quickly went over there I might be able to get one of the hundred books and I think he was just trying to get rid of me. Mm-hmm. And um, which I raced over and got one, then came back and got him to sign it of course, <laughs> which I still have. And um, anyway, and then he very kindly I just badged him with so many questions and so to get away from me I think he just said, Well, you know, do you want to come to the studio one day and here's my phone number and give me a call. And um, that's what happened. Yeah, so we started going to the studio, and you asked whether it was, uh, uh, were we uh, accepted? Well, I certainly wasn't accepted uh, because I'd be going there and be with Sandra and be saying, oh, look, you know, this is really cool, and, you know, can I come out with you guys at night? And, you know, like I can act as the the lookout, and I'm just, I'm so excited. I just, you know, I just, just love to get involved in it and all. And they were very standoffish to me. And I found out later, I think through Megs, that uh, they thought that I was an undercover cop. Like, <laughs> why would this do this? This dude be interested in what we're doing, and you know. But anyway, but th- that's all fine now. So we can yeah. go pretty much anywhere in the world, and yeah. you know, we just people vouch for us, and it's not even an issue about. Um, you know, whether we're trustworthy or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. I guess it is, uh, you know, you're coming from the background that I have, if someone, you know, like older comes towards you and starts wanting to hang out, 
you do like it is the typical like street art graffiti thing to just put the guard up and go oh police or yes. you know and it's um yeah it, I could imagine that but it is fun <laughs> when you yeah. go to get to, when you do go out and yeah go. yeah yeah. Oh, Andrew really genuinely wanted to go, and he's many been many times since. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. makes a very good lookout. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If there's not too many beers along the way. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever copped a chase or anything like that? Uh, no, I haven't. But I've been with others who have. I just yeah. uh, think, what the hell? I think they went over that way, officer. Yeah. Mosey on. Yeah. Off. No, I'm decoy. I'm not the. Uh, <laughs> I don't have the look of the um, graffiti vandal. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, do you guys uh, collect a lot of art from overseas as well, or do you focus mainly on the Melbourne or Australian scene? Well, I, I, yes, we collect art from overseas and from Australia. Yeah. You know, our main interest is art from Australia, particularly Melbourne. Mm. You know, Sandra and I are passionate Melburnians. You know, we're both uh, born and raised here, and you know, I can't speak for Sandra, but you know, I think it's the best, most wonderful, incredible, vibrant city in the whole world mm. and I just love being here so a lot of our collection is of Melbourne based artists but Australia generally but yes we do have lots of international art you know um, uh, Banksy, Shepard Ferry, Ron English, Swoon you know lots yeah. of you know just too many to name, really. Yeah. I think when we first started collecting, we um, you know had a little hit list of people that we had sort of looked out and we thought were the ones that we wanted to sort of want to you know. I mean, we do our homework, you know. We're not yeah. um, you know we're not just collecting willy nilly. We mm-hmm. well, we have a little bit in at some times, so certainly um, not anymore. But but even in the beginning, we were pretty sure which overseas artists that we were really interested in. Um, and you know, if you really want something bad enough, you just make a beeline for it, and you know, you work out where the shows are, and you just rock up to the shows. Yeah. And um, and the thing is that once you, you know, once you meet one artist, and they realise that you're, um, you know, that you're a passionate collector, and that you're really seriously into it for, you know, for all of the right reasons. Um, you know, we're never interested. We've never flipped anything. You know, mm. and we would never flip anything from this um, from this collection. We sold part of our old collection to help finance our new collection. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it's it, it, once people realise that you've you know, your heart's right into it, and it's an absolute passion. Um, you know, it's it's a really beautiful family around the world, and as you would know yourself, you know, yeah. and we're not bad things. And. Um, where, you know, and it's this great circle and, you know, you've got you, but nobody really, I suppose the sort of hardcore graffiti artists that just want to go paint trains or do tags or something, they, you know, they don't need other people. Mm. But, you know, if you want to have a career as an artist, and I think that that's one of the biggest things that changed Andrew's and my um, whole lives, really, was that when we realised that the art, art that we had been collecting were for, we didn't know any of the artists, most of them were dead. Um, and um, you know, and when we first started meeting artists for the first time, I remember the first time Black Lorac came to Australia and we met him. And you know, I was you know, it was like meeting bloody Elvis or something. You know, yeah. Um, I don't know if you think that would be a good thing, but I think that'd be a pretty cool thing. <laughs> um, but you know, it was just you know, like meeting a hero. Um, and um, you know, and then we found out we were actually you know born in the same year, and he was he's very interested in history, and and you know, you just. Um, and then you meet him and then you get a relationship with him and then he introduces you to somebody else in the family and then they introduce you to someone else and then you're, you know, and it's just everybody knows each other mm. and um, and it's just, it's fantastic. It's just like having another family. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. It's uh, like I find from travelling with my wife a lot, like, you know, you mentioned that you're an artist and or, you know, you're part of the community and straight away you've got places to stay, people yeah. are taking you out for dinner. You're in some foreign country you've never been to before. You don't know anything about it. You can't speak the language. You don't know anyone. And and suddenly you're at barbecues in the backyards with, with people and, and drinking mm-hmm. beers and living like a local. And it's I, it's, I think it's really nice to be part of a community. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's an entry into a really nice family. It you is, know? And it it's, is. And it's really fantastic. And everybody helps yeah. each other and everybody introduces yeah. everybody to each other. But, you know, to... to 
to, to live as an artist is, you know, when we started meeting these artists, a lot of them didn't, um, um, you know, weren't working as artists full-time. They had secondary jobs, and, you know, as you yourself were saying, you know, they were either working in, um, you know, as graphic artists or in kitchens or restaurants or whatever. And, you know, one of the things that Andrew and I really have a great pride in is, um, you know, working with artists now long enough that they can actually give up their day job. And that's what it's all about. It's being able to, in any way we can, you know, help people mm. live the dream. Yeah. So when you say working with artists, like what, what artists have you worked with and what, what projects have you done with them? Well, probably the biggest one that we've done to date would be uh, the Young and Free show. We were in um, San Francisco early in 2011 and we were speaking from uh, with Justin from White Walls and shooting... Uh, uh, shooting gallery, um, two galleries side by side in the Tenderloin district and we were at rather um, boozy dinner I think it was and the idea came up with, I think Sandra said, well why don't you have a, an Australian show and he said, oh, I love Australians and you know his wife's Australian and and the, the, the discussion sort of petered out. Then he came back and he said, well, you know what? We're going to put on a, uh, an Australian uh, show with uh, Australian uh, street artists and you're curating it. So our response was, well, and he said, oh, it's going to be in October. Santa went back and said, oh, October next year. No, 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 this October. Then it turned into September. He so just had a break in the gallery. He just yeah. was looking at his thing and he thought he had a, you know. <laughs> So we started, so then we were thrown into the deep end. We'd never curated a show. We had to come up with a list of artists. And as it turns out, I mean, it's just an incredible list. And some of those artists had never been overseas before. Some of them have, have gone on to do, are doing really big things. And, you know, I feel great pride that we've introduced some of these artists to what is now their just full-time careers. Yeah. Um, a, a, an example would be Soffles. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's such an mm. incredible talent. Yeah. But he was just, you know, just a young guy sort of starting out, sort of. I mean, yeah. he, he's a huge history in, in, in Brisbane and everything, but... You know, he's just gone from strength to strength. He has. We were talking to um, Ben Frost last weekend, and mm. he said, you know, he said that that show was a game changer for him, for his career. Yeah. Because he said he was, you know, he'd got very, he'd been in it for a really long time, and he got really jaded, and you know, was I think in Sydney running the um, stupid crap where he was doing something, you know, and um, so, and he um, he was one of the artists that came with us, and he said it was just changed everything for him. And now he's working full time as an artist. You know, even he's just gone on from strength to strength after that. It was just mm. sort of the, just I think that things had sort of died down a little bit, mm. and it was just a moment of, you know, just before it was all just about to, you know, this, the whole street art thing was about to just explode again. It was before the murals, the big murals were all happening. Yeah. You know, and I remember them, everybody going out at night and us trying to get as many walls as we could in San Francisco for everybody to paint. But, you know, when we were looking for walls, we were looking for, you know, if we were lucky, single-storey or two-storey walls, you know. Nobody was looking for a, you know, a 20-storey wall or yeah. anything, you know. It, yeah. was, uh, it, was, it was quite a different scene yeah. back then. Yeah, and it was, it was a great time. You know, we had, we had Lister, Kid Zoom, Rekka, Roan, Megs, Vexter, Ha Ha, New Two, Dab Smiler. Um, Demote. Demote. Demote was, uh, he was, he was the only one that never turned up to a meeting. Yeah. But he, he, <laughs> he is an incredible guy and he was, yeah. it's some of the stories he's tell of what he was doing at, at night in, he's, uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's fantastic. We yeah. saw him later on that year, he came out for the outpost mm. at uh, Cockatoo Island. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. So it's, um, it's really good to see, like, having been in the scene for such a long time and knowing so knowing everyone as well yeah. like seeing where everyone is now and what they're doing overseas like I feel really proud to be a, you know part of the generation of street artists and graffiti artists 
that are doing what they're doing now are from Australia. And it's, you know, you can go to Australia, you can go overseas and say, <laughs> oh, I'm from Australia. And then, they, you know, people just start reeling off these names. And it's, it's like, you think, yeah, you know, these are just the local guys from this suburb or that suburb <laughs> or, you know, and, and you, overseas now in countries where people can't even speak English, they're, they're saying the names of, of people I grew up with and, I just feel really proud, I, and I'm sure you guys do as well. It's like seeing how how well Australians are doing overseas right now. Yes, very much so. But just going back just a second or so before what we said that about the connections, I'm not sure if I mentioned Dexter before, but uh, she's got a partner. Or as I say, we we were in London and we were going to a, a, an opening at um, uh, POW, and it was a, a book launch for. Uh, a group of uh, South um, South American artists, and there was I think four artists there, and we were just talking out in the street or something. And um, maybe you could take over yeah, the story sorry. about about the connection. Oh, there was this this artist I'd always liked, Stingfish. Yeah. And I'd sort of seen his art, and I was always very attracted to the colours and everything of it, and I yeah, visually really liked it. And um, I was going through the book. And um, there was a yeah. I was going. I was going. I was going through the book, and I saw Stingfish was in the book. And there was, um, as Andrew said, four or five. That altogether, there was maybe about thirty artists in the book. But there was about um, four or five of them that were there. Most of them who'd never actually been on a plane before. So it was the first time they'd been out of South America. And um, and I didn't know who the artists were, and people were lining up to get them to do little drawings in their books and everything. So. Um, and I was going and I just said to somebody, oh gosh, this is the guy I really like, Stingfish. And they said, oh, you know, he's here. And I said, really? Are you kidding me? Which one is he? And they looked around and they said, oh, he's actually out on the footpath having a cigarette out the front. So we go out and he was talking to some other people and doesn't speak any English or didn't then. And um, anyway, so we waited patiently for a while. And then I went up to him and I said, you know, hello, I'm sort of, you know, my name's Sandra, I'm from Australia. I said, you're Stingfish. And um, and he then he and he actually was with two people from the South America from the Colombian Embassy. Yeah, yeah, they were from the Colombian Embassy in London that were actually with him, and they were and so they were interpreting. They were, they were a really nice young couple, and they were interpreting. And um, and he just looked at me, and then he looked at them, and he said something, and they said, "Oh yeah," he said, "He knows who you are," hmm. and um, and I said, "No, he doesn't know who I am. He's got no. He's he's got me mixed up with somebody else," and so they interpreted that back. And I said, I'm from Australia. You know, and they interpret. He said, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. You know, and the interpret. He said, yeah, no, he definitely knows who you are. You're a collector from Australia. And, um, and I said, oh, you know, I don't think so. And, and then came back and he said, yeah, you're a friend of Exeter's. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, wow, yes, I am a friend of Exeter's, you know. It was, it's just such a small world. Yeah. You know, and then him and I have been friends ever since. It's yeah. just, you know, then it's just, you know, he knew Exeter, I knew Exeter. So then we're all, it's yeah. just... A small world. Everybody seems to know everybody. I actually painted with him as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great guy. And luckily, I speak yeah. Spanish, so I could uh, yeah. hang out and chat and stuff like well, that. Well, he's invited us to Colombia, which we'd really like to go to one day. Yeah. But after hearing your stories, I'm not quite too sure. Oh, no, no, no. That's, that's, <laughs> no, no, that's a... Go there. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, never be scared of going to a country. You never know what you'll learn. Yeah. And if your time's up, your time's up. What can you do? You know. But the, the question that we're talking about was, um, like, pe- people you've met and... Uh, oh, sorry, um... Helping uh, artists you've helped out. Yeah. So there's a couple of different ways that we've um, sort of been able to do that. Um, I think one of the, the the greatest ways is just by talking to them because Andrew and I ran, you know, like a pretty successful business for a really long time. Um, and just sort of having conversations like what we were having with the mo- when the microphone was off, you know, before. But, you know, sort of, you know... Um, just talking to them properly about their careers. I think a lot of artists had didn't have people like us who were really could see that they were serious about their careers and what they should be doing. And so a lot of people sort of come to us for advice. Um, and then you know, I was just sort of looking at you know, one way we help artists is that we connect them with galleries um, if we think. And I think that you know, we're pretty good with working out well which artist would actually work well with that gallery. Um, for example, we connected um, in the very beginning both Elk and Adnate with Metro. Um, and it was, I remember that Adnate was a very hard sell to Metro at the time. Um, but we just 
could see Metro as a gallery and its environment and everything, and we could sort of see that both of those artists could produce art that would probably be um, acceptable into the... It, it, it would open new doors for, their, for the type of art that they were doing. Um, and so, you know, both Elk and, um, and Adnate now have um, had very successful shows at, um, at Metro and through that have had very successful shows in Sydney at an associated gallery in Sydney that works with Metro. Um, and, you know, their, um, their careers have gone crazy. I think it was actually us outside the North Mountain, the, the, uh, the um, Queen Vic market that suggested that Elk did a painting to go into the uh, Archibald Prize one yes, day. We did. Yes, we yeah. did. He said, yes. what do you think I should be doing? We said, you should be going into prizes, you know. Mm. He was stuck and didn't know quite know. And we said, you know, just enter in all these different prizes. Why don't you enter someone, enter a stencil in the Archibald Prize? Mm. And he said, you're kidding. We said, no, like it's really fantastic. Why not, yeah, why not do it? Do something really great. And I can remember us talking for hours with him over beers about who he was going to do. And I remember who he was originally going to do, as you probably do too. Yes, he was actually yes. a famous boxer. Um, and um, The man. But in the end, he, um, you know, so that, that was his first idea that yes, he would he ever... The man yeah, yeah. That, that was the first, you know, and that changed his life getting into the final of the... It of changed the my life to see Anthony's first um, uh, professional bout up at... Um, in Sydney, I think it was at the Entertainment Centre. That was very funny. Yeah, and then we um, we introduced, after that we introduced Adnate um, also to um, Metro and that's just been such a huge success story. He's just finished his um, second sellout show with them. Um, we worked on Roan. We worked with Roan um, on helping him with his first solo shows um, and all of his shows ever since that. We've got a really good idea of... Um, Pricing, because we see what everything sells for in every part of the world, in every different artist in this sort of genre. And um, so we've sat down and worked with Roan's pricing and, you know, ever since the very first show he ever had, um, into, you know, two years ago he had his Melbourne show and we actually, Andrew and I sat the show, um, which was really fantastic and, you know, did a lot of the, stra um, the strategy for the show, um, strategising with him for it. Um, I sat with, we sat and did Lister's last Melbourne show. We're pretty good salespeople too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're <laughs> pretty good salespeople. Uh, also, with uh, uh, Sandra's probably too modest to mention that um, uh, she was the mover and shaker behind um, uh, Kid Zoom in Strange show at uh, Suburban at the National Gallery of Victoria, which was incredibly successful. Um, I remember contacting them before the opening of the show and just asking them casually, you know, how much beer and wine and stuff they'd have and they came up with a figure and I said, well, no, sorry, that's just not going to work. You're going to have to get a lot more. It ends up, Sandra and I ended up putting in money to buy the extra grog and the opening was unbelievable. Uh, there were so many people there in the studio space that they were spilling outside um, in, the, in Federation Square, the police came along. The um, um, the response something response unit, and they closed it down. And I'm talking to the officers, saying, "Well, you know, like you can just see these people. There's no trouble. Everyone's really well dressed, well behaved. They're just art lovers." And said, "Mate, there's just too many people here." And the people at the MGV were very impressed. I think it was the only time they've ever had a show closed down because there's too many people there. Yeah. Yeah, so we've, um, <laughs> we've worked with, um, um, with Ian right through his whole career and still continue to um, um, support pretty much his every move. Yeah. Um, we you know, talk all the time and we have a total strategy of his career and when he's, where his career is going. Uh, um, there is another character that we could perhaps mention... Uh, uh, Mr. Lush and uh, uh, along with um, uh, Ash Keating, um, uh, Lush was the only. There's only the two of them that would you could uh, that were representing the uh, graffiti street art movement at the Melbourne 
uh, now a very big uh, show, was it a couple of years ago, right? Got here somewhere. Uh, 2014. Yeah. Yeah, so we got Lush um, into the show. We had... Um, uh, one of the, that, 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 that's a really interesting thing that we do as well, is that we try and... Um, us, you know, being of a, a different generation to most, most of these artists, um, we try and introduce their art and the art form of graffiti and street art um, into the established art market. And we, you know, sell it, in inverted commas, as much as we can to the people... You know the, the serious movers and shakers in the in the art world um, in Australia is you know that they've got to really be taking this movement seriously, um, and pretty much anyone who comes to our house is just absolutely astounded that you can collect art by artists and street artists, um, and that they also you know not only do they paint out on the streets they also um, most of them have a studio um, practice as well. And um, so we've actually had um, we invited the um, Tony Elwood from the uh, from the NGV. He came out to the house with Max Delaney one day, and they came out for lunch. And um, we took them through all of the artists. We introduced them to you know, just from paintings on the walls. We introduced them to you know all of the people that we think are really doing an incredible job in this genre for Melbourne, particularly, um, and from all of those blow me down, the one that they thought was just, that they just absolutely blew them away was Lush, which, um, you know, I can still remember uh, them calling us into the centre room there and we just had some of Lush's A by, you know, A4 drawings on the wall. And Max Delaney was just saying, who is this? And I said, oh, really? I said, oh, you don't want to know. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> and, um, and he said, yeah, no, I do want to know. These are just incredible and these are referencing some incredible... Richard Prince know, or someone. They're you know. referencing this and they're referencing that and this this person's... Is this an Australian artist? I said, yeah, that's lush. And um, he said, oh, this is... Anyway, so then we went on a very quick um, education of them with lush on his um, Instagram site and all that sort of stuff and they just were... They thought he was amazing and so from that we... Um, he was in Melbourne now, which was pretty incredible. And he, uh, yeah, we've that, that could take another whole podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we set up. We were there right through it. You know, Andrew and I financed the whole thing and set up the. Um, we didn't abandon. Had a built an abandoned um, shop front in in the gallery, um, and he did all of his tags all over them. And, and we had a dumpster, dumpster bin. bin and, and it was just fantastic. And then, sort of carrying on that later, we. Um, uh, we were worked with um, Lush on the um, on his European box truck uh, box truck uh, tour, which went from start off in Amsterdam. Start off in Amsterdam. In Copenhagen and Berlin, and it was it was it was really quite something. Yeah. Um, and we what we wanted to do was to actually uh, buy a truck. Which wasn't a hard thing to do, but to to be able to buy a truck, to get someone to buy it on our behalf and get it registered and insured and everything, we have we got lots of contacts in Europe and no one wanted to have anything to do with it. So in our wisdom, we decided we'd go and hire a truck. Now this truck must have been painted, um, well, let's say a hundred times, probably more. Uh, but we did think to put this film over the top of the of the truck and then it was just went from country to country and it was just constantly getting repainted and it was returned to I won't mention the the company because I know that you wouldn't want to have any yeah. commercial advertising on your podcast but we did return it to them and they just accepted it there was we did wait till after dark until we returned. Yes. Overspray? <laughs> what the heck's that? You should have seen underneath it, it was all oversprayed. The back of the, back of the mirror was sprayed. Yeah. It was when we took this film off, you know, yeah. it was just, it was, it was absolutely incredible. So, yeah. you know, artists sort of come to us with ideas. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, we've got to, you know, we, we say no more than we say yes. Yeah. Um, but we also, you know, work with artists to, you know, try and get their ideas into some sort of reality. Um, we talk to them about the, 
you know, possibly what can be good about it, what they can get out of it, what can be going wrong with it, you know, with any ideas they've got. And we try as hard as we can to, if we don't become involved, in actually, you know, behind the scenes trying to help them do things. You know, another artist we work a lot with is Caffeine. Yeah. Um, and um, the project that she does with the kids who work on the, the rubbish dumps in Manila. Okay. And that's been a project that's um, been going on for the last two years and it's, you know, incredibly rewarding and she's just done a, an amazing job and we've done fundraisers and all sorts of things for that. And, you know, and it's just really good fun. It's great. Yeah. So. Like, uh, do you think there's any artists out there that aren't getting... Um as much attention as they deserve, or who, like any up-and-coming artists that you think are going to be really the next big thing? There's some guy, Tom, what's his name? <laughs> He's got short haircut. <laughs> he drinks red label Peroni. Um, the reality is there's so many artists out there. Yeah. You know, let's say there's a thousand fantastic artists just in Melbourne. Mm. How many are going to make it? Yeah. You know, to be able to really successfully have an ongoing career, you're lucky if there's 10 of them. Yeah. Who the up-and-coming ones are, I've got no idea. Yeah. Um, goon Hugs? Gosh. Well, uh, okay, yeah, Goon Hugs is... Just amazing. It, he had this show just yeah. recently at... Um, yeah, he is at It was just one of the most incredible shows I think I've ever been to. Um, but, you know, who is going to make it? The, the, the first thing you've got to do is you've, you've got to want to be an artist. You've got, that has to be your life's calling um, if you're really going to make it because it's really hard, even if it is your life's calling, it's really hard. Um, so it's just this, there's something, you meet artists and you, you can just tell that there is, they were, you know, I believe that they were born to make art. Um, and to be successful, I think you really have to be one of those people and you have to just make up your mind that you're going to give it, you know, give it your all. I think there's an obsession really there. I, I totally agree with Sandra. Yeah. There's this obsession. Lister, as an example, Lister is a genius, in, in my opinion. He never, ever stops doodling. You know, we, we, went, we went to his trial up in, um, in Brisbane, and he's spending a lot of his time just with a, a notepad, and he's sketching the judge, the magistrate and the coat of arms of the state of Queensland or the Justice Department or something. In the end, he, after the trial had formally finished, he, through his solicitor, asked if he could present the judge with the sketch. And the judge was like, he was just so, you could tell he was so stoked, you know. Yeah. He said, I'll, I'll have to check with the, the, not judge, the magistrate, I'll have to check with the chief magistrate to see if I can accept it or not. But, you know, he just, he, he cannot stop doing it, and I think that that is the thing: is that you're if you're obsessed. Doesn't mean that you're talented, of course. And I think you were saying who's unrecognised. Well, I think it's just a you need to have a lot of drive, and in most cases, a hell of a lot of luck. Yeah, the Lister trial was really fun. Yeah, we, we were actually up there because we were asked to be character witnesses. Hmm. Yeah, so we were his formal character witnesses for the trial. It was pretty funny, I can tell you. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, every single artist that I can think of at the moment who is um, doing really, really well, they're the artists that are working hardest. It just, you know, I don't think that there's a... Um, I don't think that's by accident that they're doing so well because yeah. they're just devoted to it. And I think that there's some... I um, don't want to really mention names at this stage, but I think that there's an encouraging younger group um, coming up. And, you know, it's fantastic that people like Ben Frost and yourself um, now are in these um, group studios, that you're that little bit older um, and that you work, you know, in, in the same studio surroundings um, as you. There are younger artists and they see that work ethic. You know, and Ben's work, work ethic is really incredible and I'm sure your, you know, your work ethic will be really fantastic. And that really helps these young kids see it you know and like you know young rust kid and people like you know there's some there's there's some very good artists out there um and i have full faith that they will that it's just going to continue it will evolve it'll be different of course um but you know pretty much all of them we, we have a we have a um an agreement that the artists that we collect still do things on the streets yeah so it's it's a lifestyle it's a it's a um obsession yeah. that you can't go out to dinner without sort of a sticker and a pen in your pocket, you yeah. know. That's really good to hear because there are, um, 
I was talking to someone about it the other night actually. There's a lot of a lot of galleries will poach street artists, and then when they start to get big, they say, "Look, you really got to stop painting on the streets. It's not doing. It's not doing. It's not making us look good." And it's like, what do you mean? That's the whole reason yeah. they're here. Yeah, that's Yeah, that, that's really sad to hear because yeah. that's um, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. you've got to. Uh, we we don't buy anyone that doesn't. Yeah, is, isn't still out there being yeah. naughty. You mm. know, just even you look at. Okay, we were in uh, New York a, a few years ago. We we were uh, privileged to uh, go to. Uh, uh, a Barry McGee uh, opening. It was just incredible, incredible show. And we came back the next day or the day after to look at something again, to have another look at the show. I was actually wanted to buy one of his surfboards. And walking back after that, we just, Sandra, we were just walking along the street, and there was an old fashioned uh, telephone box. Sandra, just like that, picks up. There's a twister tag. Oh, now, so exciting. <laughs> now, here is a guy that has represented the United States as at the Venice Biennale in its official pavilion. And wow, there's twister tag still going up. And then we you know, know he's, he's, there's no sell out there. You can do both. You can have these incredible gallery shows, have the represent your country at the most prestigious um, exhibition in the world and you can still be going out and doing tax. Not, 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 I'm not suggesting yeah, in, it was really him or anything. <laughs> but, you know, in, in Chelsea, you know, sort of in the art district of New York and, um, and then it became a real game because it's like, oh, my gosh, okay, well, if there's one, there's got to be more. We found them everywhere. It was so much fun. We spent the next hour just going around the block of where the gallery was. And um, I remember there was one of those in, in New York. They've got those, I don't know, they're free newspapers or something, you know, those boxes and they've got newspapers in them or people put money or something. Yep. There was a newspaper box that had twister tags all over it. It was just, it was so exciting every time we saw one. Yeah, and, and, and also once we were in, it sounds really wanky, but you know, we were, we were at the Venice Biennale and, and Rekka was visiting yeah. us and we, we had this little Vaporetto spot near where our, where our apartment was and he came, he came off the, the Vaporetto and said, oh, did you see what all of the tags are, twist tags? And I, I must admit, I hadn't noticed them. I hadn't noticed them. But, but th that was obviously where Barry had stayed way, way back then and there's just these tags everywhere. And on our Vaporetto, there was a, a the, the actual little stand where our Vaporetto goes from. It's like a little um, um, barge on the on the water, and it goes up and down. And there's a um, a safety like a, a safety box in it, and then there was a twister tag on that. So it was actually Rekka. See, that's another thing we um, we've been telling Rekka because we love going to the Venice Biennale, and we've been telling Rekka. Um, that it wouldn't be really great when he was living in Berlin if he met us there and we would all go together one year. And it was just fantastic. He thought that that was quite a turning point for his art practice. And I remember him taking photos, I might be giving a secret away here, I remember him taking photos of marble statues everywhere. And I said, why are you taking photos of just these marble statues? And he said, because in, you know he um, paints characters very um, abstractly, but still characters. And he said, it's incredible to be able to take photographs on because I can see where the shadows are mm. when there's no colour. And that was great. But anyway, yeah. it was him and he said to me, oh. And so he started that whole time in, um, in Venice, he was pointing out twister tags. Yeah. And I think he was there with about three or four of his crew, and I didn't know the other ones. It was only, and it was him that taught me what the twister tag looks like. So when I saw one in New York, which I found all on my own, I was so excited. And the first thing I did was took a photograph and sent it to sent it to Rekka in Berlin, saying, yeah. "Look what I found! Yeah. Yes, I can do it." You know, because he was teaching me how to read tags, and yeah. I love that. I remember he used to have uh, there was twister tags all over the um, the back of the toilet doors in uh, the Shanghai Dumpling Bar, in, just off Chinatown. Yeah. Just, just, I don't know, you go into this shitty little restaurant and yeah. you, know, you go to the mm. toilet and it's just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, do you guys have any uh, future projects you're working on or any plans for the future, like with artists or anything you can say? 
on, mm, on the we do have some plans coming up um, uh, they're sort of not, I would say top secret oh yes uh, mm, no. no they're not they're not top secret no I think we're um, as I said before, one of the really big things that we love doing is trying to get the, this form of art and our family of artists to be recognised um, and any opportunities that we can help them with is really fantastic and any opportunities we can um, get their art known to a wider art audience is really good. So we're um, uh, working with a regional art gallery um, on a show of our collection uh, next year in 2017. And we've got some really good fun ideas with that. And um, we would hope that there's a possibility that that... And so it'll be, you know, part of our collection, um, which Andrew and I are going to curate the show. Um, and we've got a really fun way of showing it and everything. Um, it'll be very much the Sandrew art collection. Um, and we will get as many local artists as we possibly can in it, um, which I think will be really fantastic. We'll get as many artists as we possibly can to come up and do artist talks at the gallery at the time. Um, we'll get as much publicity as we possibly can at the time for them. And then we would hope that there's a possibility that that might be able to travel um, because we also love the idea of um, moving into these regional areas. I think it's not all about the cities. And uh, so that's one thing that we're working on. Um, and there's a few others. We're working on some shows with some artists, just really helping them and, you know, giving advice and, um, you know, just sort of the normal things that we do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, like, finally, like, where, where can people find you online if they want to find out a bit more? We have a website. <laughs> uh, look, I can't even connect. Uh, I lost all of my, um, my data about... Two weeks ago after visiting, um, I will mention someone, the Apple store. And uh, so I, I've, I've lost, I'm, I'm told, 1.2 or 3 million messages. Uh, but I can't, even before that, I couldn't get onto our website. But maybe you could, uh, Sandra, you could give our... <laughs> no, we just have a, web, uh, we have a website, yeah, sandra.com. Yeah, and it's it's very informative. We uh, spent hours going through with some people and tried to make it as unwankerish as we possibly could. Um, and it's just really, um, I think that we keep it. We never even really refer to it, but it it does. I think that it says that the three things that we do um, is that we connect, we collect, and you consult, and we consult. Yes, I've been there. You've been there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, when we first set it up, we were going to have our, our, you know, pictures of our collection and all that sort of stuff in it. And and then we sort of came to the conclusion that, well, you know, in actual fact, everybody in the family who wants to find us, we're not hard to find. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, we don't want to do anything, you know, the last thing that we want to be is wankers, you know. Mm. And um, so, but we thought, well, we have to have sort of something up there. So, um, uh, but yes, the, and, and it, it pretty much does come down to that, you know, that is pretty much what we... What we yeah. like doing, yeah, connecting people, and yeah. that's a really big part of it. And we're, you know, especially in the early days when we started collecting. You asked very early on about we collected in the early days a lot more international artists than what we do now. Um, and but in collecting international artists, we met with a lot of galleries overseas, and I think that um, we've been able to introduce a lot of Australian artists to those galleries very successfully. Um, and we've kept in contact with a lot of them as well, of those galleries. Uh, and But, you know, really, in the last year, definitely, since we're, well, we're now doing this full-time because we um, sold our fashion business two years ago, and we now really are looking and focusing in on what is the future for us. And the most exciting about, thing about the future for us is um, working with local artists. That's what we get most out of, and that's what's really fun. Okay. Right. Well, I just wanted to um, finish up by saying that it's really good to have people like you in the scene, like not just collecting art, but also supporting the artists and um, and helping them bring their, their visions into reality as well. Because um, I've, you know, I've been around for a long time and I, I've, there's never been people like you around actually properly supporting the scene the way you are. And um, just like to say thank you as, a, as an artist. Tom, that, that is great, but I think that you've you've missed one point. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Only one. 
and that is um, uh, there, there was a you've heard of Peggy Guggenheim of course yeah now Peggy Guggenheim uh, was a um, for those of uh, your listeners who, who don't know who she was she was a very famous possibly one of the most famous and influential collectors of all time and she was started and supported the careers of so many Kandinsky, Jackson Pollock, all sorts of just amazing eye. Um, and one day, Sandra and I woke up, I think it was, um, it was in, uh, I think it was in June 2011 to find on the front page of the Saturday Age, right on the front page, there's a photo of Sandra and I with the heading, Meet the Meet Melbourne's Guggenheims of Graffiti. Now, I didn't even know I was Jewish, and it there was this whole story. That's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> and there's this whole story about you know our collection and and all that, and there was Rome was in it, and Kidzoom was in it, and um, it may have been a slow uh, Newsweek or something, but. That piece of publicity also sort of opened quite a few doors to have people like Sandra and I, uh, who the thrust of the story was, why are these people selling their, you know, Nolans and Brett Whiteleys and stuff to get involved in this new, you know, new genre of art and you know, how it's all sort of vandalism and all that sort of stuff. But that was their angle. And I, I, I think the, the, the main thing about that is that art has just got to keep on evolving. And what, what, what you've got with graffiti and street art is the largest movement, art movement, that there's ever been, if you judge it by the number of participants. You can't go to any city or village town, anywhere in the world where people haven't made their mark and it's just not recognised. It's hardly recognised. The establishment just still doesn't get it. Mm. You were asking about, you were asking before about your galleries, you know, yeah. the established galleries just turn their backs on it. Whether, yeah. I don't know, they're just uncomfortable with it. I think that they still are going on the, oh, you know, these people haven't been to art school, so how dare they think that they can have a career as an artist? Mm. They're the same people that forget that uh, Haring and Basquiat uh, started off as graffiti artists. Mm. Yeah. You know, we're living amongst the the, the, the graffiti, uh, the, the, the Basquiat's and the Herrings. They're all around us. Well, there's one or two of them, but we don't know who they are. Yeah. But it's that spirit that the establishment doesn't get. Mm. That's what we love to. Yeah. So it's, you know. Yeah. There's like what I was saying to you earlier, you know, you see the the Banksies and all that and, you know, you rewind back to 2001 when they are just, you know, you know just cutting their teeth and, uh, yeah. you know, doing stencils on the street. You don't realise what they're going to be. You know, it's... Uh, you know, fast forward a few years, yeah. you can join the dots looking backwards, but it is really good to to know that there are people like you supporting the scene because people support fine art, but there hasn't been many people who really support uh, street art and graffiti. But it's not so much also about who's going to make it. No, no, no. Very few are going to make it. Yeah. It's just supporting the, the freedom of uh, artists to go out there and express themselves. Mm. You know, yes, there's people sitting in their little studios and they're doing stuff, and that's, I mean, we don't correct, collect street art, we collect art by street artists. Yeah. But most of them, the things that really, that I'm interested in, most particularly, is just the boldness. You know, the fact that most of them, that, that we know, you know, they do things uh, without authorization. Now that goes against totally against so many norms and uh, things that you shouldn't you shouldn't do, and this is really bad. And 
you never see in the newspaper um, a piece of street, uh, a piece of graffiti without it being referred to as graffiti vandalism. It's just not graffiti; it's graffiti vandalism. Mm. Well, we don't accept that. Yeah. Well, I might leave it there. Okay. <laughs> Check out the Bench Talk website, benchtalkpodcast.com. There you can listen to past episodes and keep up to date with what's up and coming on the, the podcast. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes on the podcast app. You can also listen on SoundCloud. Just search for Bench Talk. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, bench underscore talk. Thanks, and I look forward to you tuning in again next week. See ya.